Hey everyone, Jeremy here bringing you a bonus episode this week. This is the coverage of the uh, Korg's Retro Gaming Convention that we did in Hilliard, Ohio on June 1st. It was a lot of fun and uh, I just wanted to clip in here really quick because uh, the audio you're about to hear isn't the complete set. I actually got a, a brand new recorder and uh, this, this con was the Virgin Run, the first time I was trying it out. And uh, while I was learning to use it, a few of the interviews I thought I caught on tape I actually didn't catch on tape, one of which being uh, with a podcast that was right next to us, a table right next to us, uh, called the Debate This Podcast, and you can check them out at uh, debatethiscast.com, but I strongly recommend checking it out. It's a cool show. It's, uh, I'd say, a comedy show where they uh, debate uh, video game and comic book topics. It's a lot of fun. We're looking to uh, cross-pod with them in the future, but I felt horrible I lost that interview because it was so good. I enjoyed talking with those guys. And uh, again, we're going to be cross-potting, so uh, we'll get them on here in the future. But uh, I just wanted to get that out really quick, and uh, enjoy the show. He's gonna take you back to the- hey, this is James Rolfe, and you're listening to the Canned Air Podcast. Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Dort. And I'm Randy Ardenbrook. We are here on location at the Korg uh, Gaming Convention. That's Columbus, Ohio Retro Gaming, right? Yeah, yeah, there it is, Korg. <laughs> uh, where we have a table, and you know, I was kind of thinking originally when we were doing this, when you said that you had got the table, Randy, that like, what are we, how are we going to stay afloat at a gaming con? But I got to give it to you. I mean, we've had, we've been selling comics. We have a bunch of people entering this raffle we have right here for a, uh, a refurbished Nintendo with some games. Success, right? Yeah. Thus far? We made some new friends. We got uh, contacts with a new podcast that's local. Um, yeah, having a blast. Got Transformers next to us and met that guy. Right, right. And I think that the biggest takeaway from today is just the contacts we've made already. You know, today wasn't about money. It's just meeting people. <laughs> Someone trying to film us over here. Well, we're sitting here talking about the people we've met at this con. I want to introduce you to the buddy Mike. Mike, what's the last name or is it just Mike? Uh, it's Mike, me and Tia. Some people call me Crazy Mike or Transformer Mike. Transformer Mike is what we've been calling you, I think, today. But this dude has one hell of a toy set up. And our listeners, no, I love my toys. He hooked me up with a White Ranger Legacy Morpher. I'm sure he's already sick of me talking about it, but I can't shut up about the thing today. So well, I'm, I'm actually very happy that you found something you love. You know? Yeah, because so that, of that you. That makes me happy. I always say every year I leave this con thinking I should have bought that, and uh, this time I bought that. So yeah, thank I'm, you. I'm again. excited that uh, I found it a good home. You know, that's that's kind of the goal. It's not always just you know turn the product. It's also yeah you know find something that someone's been looking for. You know, so yeah, it worked out great. Yeah, and thank you again for that. But for people at home who are listening to this and they want to check out your wares, where should they be directed? So I'm on uh, on, on Twitter. I'm Trans Hunter Toys. Uh, you can find me on Craigslist in Columbus if you just type in Transformers. Uh, and then I'm, I'm at all shows. My Craigslist ad usually has where I'm at. On eBay, I am Trans Hunter Toys. And let me tell you, folks, I'm, we're standing outside his booth right here. This is fan-freaking-tastic, especially if you're a Transformer Power Ranger, any kind of big mech robot kind of fan, Mike's got you covered. 
obviously. Look at all this stuff. It's awesome. You're going to be at some future shows coming up here too, right? Yes. Uh, tomorrow will be at Jim and Dan, um, right. which is in Fairborn, Wright State, uh, at the Student Union. I will be at Pete's Robot Con June, June 15th in Cincinnati. It's in Covington, Kentucky, just over Cincinnati. Uh, I will be at Toy Ohio, which is in Girard, Ohio, on the 22nd okay. of June. I'll be in Akron at the Akron Comic Con uh, show on the 23rd. It's a Sunday. And then, yeah, so those are most of the upcoming shows in June. Yeah, and again, if you're looking for any of the stuff I mentioned earlier, and even stuff I didn't mention, this is the guy to get it from. I mean, I'm looking at just, looks like a class picture of Power Ranger Megazords. Except for the original, I think they're all here, right? Pretty much. Uh, I, I, I have almost, I have some from each series. There's, there's a lot to each series, so, you know, as I get them, they disappear. You know, people sure. want them, they want to complete their collection. This Dragon Zord over here from the original Dragons of Green Ranger Zord is just such a centerpiece. I love that thing. Wish yeah, it's got it. real good. It's got real good stickers. You know, I don't think it was played with much. Right. Looks good. Well, brother, I'm going to let you get to some yeah. of these business yeah, here yeah, and yeah. get some other interviews. But yeah. again, I'm going to tag you uh, in the post when we put this episode yeah. up. Oh, thank you. I appreciate so uh, drive yeah. some people out there, man. And I can't wait to do more cons with you. It's yeah, going to be yeah. fun. Cool. Just got done talking with Gaming Mike. Or not Gaming Mike, Toy Transformer Mike, shit. Just got done talking with Transformer Mike over here. Man, if I had a shit ton of money, it would all be gone. I'd have a shit ton of toys. I'm afraid to walk over there and look because I don't have a lot of money. And he probably doesn't do credit card, does he? He does, he does. That's if I find an Optimus Prime or something, oh my gosh. So yeah, I, I've been running the booth most of the day. These guys have been... <laughs> Randy's not lying. He has been running the booth most of the day. I had I had people to entertain, but Jack, there is an Optimus Prime over there. Uh, original Gen 1? Somebody actually just picked it up and is looking at it right now. So He's right there. He's putting it back. I don't think it's Gen 1, no. But Unicron back there. Yeah, Unicron. There's two of them. A young one, and a, she's $20. Go get her. He'll, he'll cut you a deal, too. Go get her. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. All right, go and go get some more interviews. So, being here at a gaming convention, we were very afraid that we would, uh, I guess, not find relevance here. Like, what are we going to do at a gaming con, being a comic-centric podcast? But as we got here... We're seeing we're in good company. We got a toy vendor next to us. We were next to another podcast, and then also next to us here is the artwork of Archie Cunningham, who has a awesome, bunch of awesome prints out here for sale and has a comic series. Looks like it's called Armored Forces. Taking a few minutes to talk with me, Archie. Thank you so much. Man. Well, thank you for having me. What can you tell me about your work? Looks like you're doing a uh, piece right here as yeah. we're working. I, well, you know, I, I I have Armored Forces, as you said, and uh, which is a labor of love, and then I have a couple other comics in the works, but. Um, but I really do, you know, I love doing fan art and my own twist on things, but I love doing Dinobots. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Transformers and... And people like Dinobots. People so love Dinobots. <laughs> so it's good. The original Dinobots and how Grimlock says, me, me Grimlock King, all that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how'd you get your start in uh, in drawing? You know, and it started pretty much in middle school, and then in high school I did the school newspaper. Oh, and, okay. And uh, I did that. And then I got an art, an art scholarship to the Art Institute of Pittsburgh. And then I went there, 
and then I graduated, and then um, and then I got burnt out, and I went to seminary, and then from seminary uh, I learned a lot about biblical stuff, and and then um, and then I ran out of money, so I had to go get another job. So, um, so I went and got uh, you know I worked at a print shop called Tri State Reprographic. Well, I worked oh, at. Yeah. Uh, and I worked there, and um, you know, I worked there, and I worked at a uh, big and tall store called King's uh, Ca- Casual Mail, but now it's called Casual XL or whatever now. But um, so I worked there, those two places, until I, you know, uh, I moved to Milwaukee, got married, and then I got divorced, and I came here, there come back are. home. There so here I am. Now about this comic, Armored Forces. What 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 can you tell people about this uh, comic, man? Armored Forces is, is awesome. Armored Forces is a a comic about uh, a group of kids who are uh, engineered to be super soldiers, and um, God sees that that He wants to make something that's so bad and make it good, and um, and He He repeatedly repeatedly does that in, in life in everybody's life. But I I really wanted to show like in, in an extreme situation how it can be done, sure. and um, so these kids are all uh, you know different personalities, and it's like. The X Men meets uh, um, the X Men meets um, um, shoot uh, you, eight, the A Team. There it is. That's what <laughs> the X Men meets the A Team <laughs> with uh, with the little with with the Bible mixed in with a little bit of uh, '80s big robots and smashing robots and um, and stuff like that. So it's it's been a um, a really wild ride with the with the story. Sure. Um, my my best friend from elementary school, Jeremy Hayes, has helped me with the characters and you know how he wanted to see some things done and so you know and, and we we create these characters from the old marvel uh role-playing game so that's that's pretty cool right that, that would be awesome man. Mm-hmm. that's so freaking cool and one one thing people may not know is you are the illustrator the colorist the artist you are the one-man comic production team i am i am it is it, man let me tell you it's hard I bet it is. I can't imagine. <laughs> like, just the idea of doing one or the other is overwhelming. Right. So to take on both. Yeah, and people don't understand that. People like, oh, it, you know, you're doing a, it, you're doing a, something that's fun. It ain't fun. This is hard work. <laughs> you stay up to 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and then, and then like, you don't like, like, I color everything by hand, and then I put it in Photoshop to enhance it. But, you know, if you mess up something, sometimes you can't fix it. You got to start all over again. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I can say the same thing for what we do. We're a mm-hmm. podcast, and there's times you sit and record an hour show, right? And then leave with nothing. I tell you, it's happened to me here today. <laughs> I was recording interviews with people to look down and say, "Oh, it's not recording." Oh no! Like, oh crap! So mm-hmm. you're right. It, the the original idea, the inspiration, is what's fun. The work that follows may not be as fun, but it's getting right. you to a fun point. Yes. Yeah. So where should I be directing people, uh, Archie, to check out your work? Right now, uh, go to Dynamic Sketch at Facebook.com uh, and then uh, Dynamic Sketch Studio at Facebook.com as I'm reconstructing the DynamicSketch.com uh, website. And okay. um, you can look it up there, and then um, you can see me and my adventures. Next month, I'll be traveling around. Uh, I, mean, I have uh, um, Indie PopCon next weekend and then two other cons right after that. Um, I have Canton, Akron Con, and then after that I have um, another con after that on the 30th. Okay. And it's just, um, you know, getting things done and, 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 you know, getting paintings that people like, you know, 
right. label of Street Fighter, so I'm gonna paint me a Street Fighter. Right. And then you guys can buy it. <laughs> so. Avengers Endgame coming out? Let's paint some superheroes. Right, out, right. 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 Oh, I get it. Some, some, yeah, so yeah, you know, you got all these great other, you know, it, it's a great time to be a geek. Sure. When we were growing up, it wasn't a good time to be no, a geek. it really wasn't. <laughs> I, I heard now, someone on the show say before, you, you typically hide your comics deeper than you hide your porn. Ooh. You know? And that's how it used to be. That's yeah. how it used to be. Now, Not me. Mm-mm. Now it's a badge of honor. You know? That's right. That's right. You know, they, they, they make these movies like they, like these comics are like, they, you have these epic stories and they minimize it and, and, and play on the emotional side of things. But, but really like, you know, I think uh, you know Thanos was should have been more powerful than they should have showed us real how mean he really was. Right. And I don't think they really did. So. You're absolutely right about that. They took a bit of uh, ruthlessness away from mm-hmm. him and kind of gave him a little bit of. Um, mm-hmm. I guess I don't know what. To Daddy call. knows best. <laughs> <laughs> Archie, man, I want to thank you oh, so thank much you for, for taking a few me. minutes. I appreciate it. No, man, thank you. All right, I'm walking around the con here and stumble upon another amazing guest. I guess I've actually heard about several times. I'm just now meeting for the first time in the flesh. Will of Retro Hacks, man, thanks so much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. So tell me and the listeners about Retro Hacks, man. Well, uh, what Retro Hacks is, is uh, it's just a little business I've started to, uh, by myself. Um, lots of arcade machine, pinball machine repairs is kind of what got me started. Uh, but that moved forward into console modding, uh, just trying to get the best video output you can from old consoles, sure. uh, restorations, and really just kind of the sky's the limit. Random yeah. custom builds, all kinds of stuff. And it's people like you who are keeping this genre alive. Because without people like you, this stuff would have fallen to the wayside so long ago. I mean, right? Uh, very possible. I mean, there's emulators <laughs> out there. But, yeah. I mean, the actual hardware, the actual consoles that we all have such an attachment to, we're able to still keep playing them because of people like you so thank you for doing your good work my friend well, yeah i appreciate it yeah thank you so uh, you're here at the same con we're at today uh how have you been doing how's business been it's been very good uh lots of people honestly don't know that there are some things out there that can make the output let's say the dreamcast with hdmi uh gamecube um, upgrading the screen to something that isn't going to kill your eyes in the game gear um an actual backlight screen for the game boy color and that's, you know, some people really like that form factor. Yeah. So, yeah, all kinds of different things with that. Um, also, people don't really know that some of this stuff really is repairable. So they'll just like, oh, well, I'm going to, I was planning on throwing it out. Yeah. And, yeah, so I'm like, no, you can definitely repair it. And they're kind of surprised when it's like, you know, it's $40 to recap a motherboard or something like that. And then they're like, it costs $800 to get it replaced. Jeez, so, yeah, yeah it's, it's... It's kind of a no-brainer, isn't it? Yeah, so... Yeah. It's, it's, it's fun. Um, a lot of people are really interested in it, oddly enough. So, yeah, it's been fun. I was telling other people uh, that I was interviewing earlier, you know, from a person on the outside looking in, it's just like, I mean, you might as well be, like, performing brain surgery in my book. Like, this is some intricate work. I mean, how'd you learn to do all this stuff? In all honesty, it's been self-taught. Uh, used just to be, tinkering. Yeah, used to be a mechanic. Uh, went to school for that and uh, a little bit of IT. Always have had like that IT want ever since I was in second grade, uh, messing around with old Apple IIs and stuff like that. Okay. I've always wanted to work on computers, just you know, life paths and things kind of leads you in a different direction. But yeah, I used to be a mechanic. Yeah, was a mechanic and then uh, kind of just did a little bit of a career flip. And now for my main job, I'm uh, IT um, 
coordinator with the local school district. Okay. But yeah, um, Retro Hacks is just, I kind of got into wanting the best video quality for my old consoles uh, probably about 10 years ago, and that's really what got me started down this path of that's modifying consoles and uh, just keeping this old stuff alive. So do you have a like a web domain or a Facebook that people at home could check out all your stuff at? Yeah, you can catch me on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, and Twitter, and I also have a website, it's just retrohacks.net. Okay. So all of those, the Twitter handles and stuff, it's just retro-hacks. And that so we can definitely link on the website and stuff. But yeah. Man, thank you so much for taking yeah. just a couple minutes to talk to me. I really appreciate it, and yeah. I don't know, if, has Randy talked to you about actually getting you on the show sometime? Um, he had mentioned that maybe you guys would be interested in something like that. I mean, I've he is correct. All kinds of stuff. Up, so, he is yeah. correct. We are interested. Yeah, so, did he already hook you up with a card? Uh, not yet. Let me but do we'll that go. right now. <laughs> and a bookmark. Awesome. Very well, good. Well, thanks again, brother. And a sticker. That makes it 100% better. <laughs> Stickers are always yeah. making better, right? That's it. <laughs> well, awesome. Well, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. I'm standing here at CoreCon with the father of video game history, Mr. Leonard Herman. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk with me. Thanks for having me. So this book you have here, the Phoenix books, the history of the video game industry, can you tell us a little bit about it? Okay, I first wrote it in 1994. At the time, there were no history of video game books. Publishers were not interested. They didn't think there was any interest in video game history. So I wrote this book in 1994, created my own publishing company called Rolenta Press, and published it. The reception for the book was outstanding. A second edition came out in 1996, a third edition came out in 2001, and now the fourth edition, which I renamed called Phoenix, the history of video game industry, Phoenix 4, it came out in 2016. And it's over 800 pages, filled with over 1,000 photos of the complete history of video games, especially the, from the American and Japanese scene with some European information. And from what I'm understanding from your colleagues here, this book, this book and your knowledge is what has deemed you the guy to go to for this kind of information, history information, right? Uh, that's what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> I'm standing here with a video game legend in it, would seem, right? Yeah. I also used to write for Electronic Gaming Monthly magazine, which no was... A, right. I wrote for Edge magazine, uh, Games magazine I had articles published in back in the day. Okay. Uh, game Informer I had a few stuff. Wow, so. okay. <laughs> so you are the guy. I'm the guy. So for people at home who want to check out this book, where do they where do they go? Is this something they find on Amazon? It's do you on, have a website? It's on Amazon. I mean it's on my website, but it's cheaper on Amazon. They don't okay. and they don't uh, charge postage. Okay. Uh, there's three editions available through Amazon. There's a Kindle version, a black and white paperback version, and a deluxe hardcover color version. Okay, so before I'm leaving Leonard's table here, he has pointed out the brown box to me, which this is like a wood paneled, kind of like what was on the Atari 2600 looking kind of a paneling on this box. Oh, contact but Contact paper. Contact paper. That makes more sense. Can you tell me a little bit about the brown box? The brown box was invented by Ralph Baer. It was a prototype to the very first video game console, which was the Magnavox Odyssey. I have a replica here of the brown box. In 2006, Ralph uh, donated the original brown box to the Smithsonian. After that, he started making these replicas so other museums around the world could put them on display. So the one I have here is the original of the replicas. And it looks freaking awesome. And you said earlier, because we've recorded this interview already once and I lost the audio, amateur recording on my part, but the Smithsonian, who has the original, doesn't even put it 
out, they put a dupe out. Right, they originally put it on display, but because of fluorescent lighting or something, it, they're afraid it's gonna damage it. So they put it in the back room somewhere, so they have a replica okay. on display too. That makes more sense. When you said that originally, I was like, they must just not think enough about it, but it's to, it's for restoration purposes, well, to keep it in good. Last week, the city of Manchester, New Hampshire, uh, unveiled a statue of Ralph. And really? I, I was privileged enough to be one of the speakers. Wow. But uh, there were two guys from the Smithsonian there, so I was talking to them about it, about it being on, not being on display anymore. And the first guy says, no, we have it on display. I said, well, I was told you don't. So he checked with the second guy, and the second guy goes, oh, yeah, we put it in the back so it doesn't <laughs> get damaged. You had the info the guy who worked there didn't. <laughs> That's why you're the father. That's why I'm the father. Yes. Of, uh, well, Leonard, thank you so much for pointing this out to me. I'm going to get a picture so sure. the listeners can see. But this is, in the short time I've been here, very educational. I'm glad. That's, that's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. Okay, and to the left of Leonard here, we're looking at the Good Deal Games booth here. All kinds of uh, games that you can buy, retro games, but also an original book by the author Michael Thomason, who I'm standing here with. Michael, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with me. Greetings. Can you tell me about this book, Downright Bizarre Games, it's called. I've seen this before, and it looks like just a great read. It's, uh, I call it the subtitle is Video Games That Cross the Line. Um, I've worked on several books over the years, mostly a lot of really dry college textbooks. Sure. So this is the book I wanted to write for me, so I self-published it, so I could write all the things that I wanted to write and cover. And you see all these books that have, like, the best games ever in the top 100 lists and these right. and these. I want to concentrate on the games that are really unique and different and just bizarre and strange that never seem to get any coverage anywhere. And that's a good thing because, you know, you mentioned those top 100 lists, and a lot of them typically look the same, you know. So to have a list like this that isn't out everywhere, it's, it's an awesome collection to have. Yeah, and it has a lot of business uh, things in it as well. For instance, my middle section, which is what everybody loves so much, isn't about the strange games. It's called Unfortunate Headlines, Marketing Fiascos, Publicity Stunts Gone Awry, and Strange Advertising. And Already. it's just... Horrible, horrible things and bad decisions that the game industry has made over the years. And as we all know, if we're gamers, there's been a quite a few of them. Yeah, you yeah. got the Resident Evil debacle where they soaked fake bones in chicken blood and sh shoved them around London and had a scavenger hunt. The only problem is the public didn't know there was a scavenger hunt going on. So oh people were finding these parts and, and different things. You could advertise on gravestones for Shadow Man and <laughs> tattoo your baby Turok and all kinds of name them Turok. There's a lot of really weird wow. promotional campaigns. Something worth checking out if you're a video game fan because where else? There's no other collection of information like this, right? No, it's pretty unique. Yeah, I would say so. I've never seen anything like it except for when I've been here and seen you before. Very good. And as far as where people should be reaching out and like getting copies of this book, or even if they just want to see what kind of games you have available, uh, GoodDealGames.com. Uh, we've been around for since '98 or '99, okay. so we were one of the first homebrew groups. So we have uh, over 400 homebrew games. So we really? import them from different developers all over the world. And like here at today's Cork Show, we released a brand new Atari game called Kung Fu Combat. So we made 25 copies just for the show, only available here. And uh, wow. come say hi. Yeah. Wow, that is amazing. I've always been so interested in homebrews. I don't have a working 2600, but I've seen some like the redone Mario games or where they'll put Mario and Sonic or Sonic and Mario, those kind of games. It's amazing. The toolkits are better than they were back in the day. So, like, some of these new games are far superior than what you got by the original programmers back in right. the 80s and 90s. So That's awesome. 
Well, thank you so much, Michael, for taking a few minutes to talk to me. Definitely going to link all this stuff uh, on our website and with the episode. So thank you so much. Thank you, kind sir. Have a good day. Now, here on the other side of Leonard's table, we have a gentleman who's actually been on the show before to talk about the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Omnibus, I guess better known as the SNES Omnibus, Mr. Brett Weiss. Brett, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to me. Hey, glad to be here. Thanks. And a lot has changed since we've had you on. It looks like a volume two of the book is out. Volume one covering A through M and game titles, and this one N through Z. Yeah, it's the complete U.S. library for the uh, Super Nintendo, uh, A through M, the first volume, N through, N through Z, volume two. I did a write-up, a full write-up for each game, plus uh, in the book there are quotes from old magazines, so there's a lot of nostalgic looks at the games. There are uh, con- uh, insider insights by uh, people in the industry, YouTubers, programmers, developers, authors, people like... Uh, Kelsey Lewin and Gamester81 and Sean Long, people like that, uh, contributed nostalgic stories to each of the books. So there's a lot of stuff, screenshots, box art, the works. You can tell a lot of work have gone into these books. I mean, they're gorgeous hardcover. looks like they have spot spot gloss printing on the front. I mean, that's a gorgeous freaking book. And uh, I'm curious, you know, these blogs you've written on each game. So how do you do that? Do you sit down with each game, have an experience with it before you write? Right. Well, I started writing for uh, the All Game Guide back in the 1990s, doing a ton of uh, Super Nintendo write-ups for the All Game Guide. So I'm very familiar with the library, and I've got a massive collection in my game room. So, yeah, I play the games at night, and then I'll write about them in the morning, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yeah, it's a hobby slash job. Sure. (laughs) A fun job, though, it looks like. It looks like. Now, you you have some other games here on the table, or excuse me, other books here on the table. Uh, What should we we be looking at here? Okay, so probably my... the, the book I'm most known for is called The 100 Greatest Console Video Games, 1977 through 1987. Yes. This was the book everybody saw. It, it was at every Barnes & Noble in the U.S. And, I've and, seen it around before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, a, it's a very well-known book, really big seller. And what it does is one day I got to thinking, you know, everybody's into retro. You know, years ago I was thinking, everybody's into retro gaming. It's huge right now, but there's so many games from back then, hundreds and hundreds of games. I need to come up with a book that just spotlights the, the best of the best right, right. from that era. And so the games that still hold up, that are still fun to play today. So what am I going to do? And I thought, you know, I need to zero in on a, on a specific time period. And I thought 77 to 87 would be perfect because you've got a decade. You've got the beginning when the Atari 2600 came out in 77. Yeah. And then you go on to the first two year, couple of year, two or three years of the NES. You know, the NES was test marketed in 85, then it came out in 86. Well, the book goes 77 to 87. So you've got a good broad spectrum of games from the very beginnings of the 2600 up through the NES era. And so you get a really good look at, at the best of the best from that time period. Because a lot of people are into retro gaming, sure. but you're like, well, what's still fun? What, right. what holds up? And that's what that book is about. And a close look at where everything we have today came from. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, you know, you see all these different games now. It's, it's important and, and fun to know, you know, where did all this come from? You know, what, what, are the, what are the beginnings? You've got a good-looking table here and a lot of good-looking books, Brett. Um, where should I be directing people who want to pick up these books? Well, you can go to brettweisswords.com, B-R-E-T-T-W-E-I-S-S, words.com. And if you'll go on YouTube and put in Brett Weiss, 
I've got a new YouTube channel where I'm talking about the 70s and 80s stories of growing up gaming in the 70s and 80s. A lot of nostalgia. So if you guys could subscribe, it's just B-R-E-T-T-W-E-I-S-S. If you could subscribe to that channel, I put out a new ep episode every Tuesday at 2 o'clock. I know what I'm watching tonight. All I'm excited. Right. That's going to be you. awesome. Brett, no, thank you for taking a few minutes to talk to me, man. This has been great. Oh, you bet. Great to be here. Thanks a lot. All right. Now, right here on the other side of Mr. Brett Weiss' table, I'm talking with John of Collector Vision Games, who it looks like he's doing homebrew games. John, thank you for first taking a few minutes to talk to me, but can you tell me about these video games? I, I'm so intrigued by the homebrew genre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've been making... Thank you for having me on. Uh, yeah. We've been making homebrew games for, for 10 years now. Uh, started off making ColecoVision games. That's the name, Collector Vision, right? Right, right. Uh, but we've made for, for systems like Commerce 64, uh, Super Nintendo, NES... Uh, Game Gear, Genesis, you name it, we probably had a game for it. But we're really excited about this upcoming title called City Hunter and the Curse of the Mayan. It's coming out for modern platforms, so it's our first dive into the indie gaming scene. That's awesome. And we're shooting for uh, July this year, so next month. Uh, and coming out for Steam, Xbox One, PS4, and Switch. And the concept for these games, like the one we're looking at right here is a Super Nintendo game yeah. called Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death. Is this like an original story you guys create? Original story, original graphics, music, everything's Everything. original. Everything's original, yeah. Uh, Super Nintendo is very, very challenging to program for. It took us five years to program this game. It's the reason you don't see many new Super Nintendo games for, sure. for the system, yeah. Where do you guys learn to do this? I mean, did you go to school for this, or is this just from tinkering in, at home? It's a good question. So we have other we have people on our team all across the world, to be honest with you. So okay. uh, the guy who programmed this, his name's Alec Mall. Uh, he lives in France, uh, and, but we have programmers in Australia, and you know we have in uh, Europe, uh, you know here in the states, Canada, etc. So that is over. freaking awesome. That is awesome. And this is the game you're here promoting today. It yeah, looks so like Sydney Hunter and the Caverns of Death for Super Nintendo. Yeah. Can you tell us about this game? Yeah, so there's 12 levels. Uh, it, you start with each cavern, and the goal is kind of it's a puzzle platformer, so you have to like collect an item and put it in a certain place, kill enemies, obviously, and your goal is to escape each cavern without dying. Wow. Uh, and it progressively gets more difficult. So this game, uh, currently reporting also to the NES. We've got a ColecoVision port we're working on, as well as Genesis port uh, and Sega CD. So. I gotta say, for somebody on the outside looking in who knows nothing about how to make a game, yeah. I mean, you guys are doing like God's work here. I mean, you're doing something I could never imagine uh, doing. So right. kudos to you. But I appreciate to, that, brother. Thank to you. people who are interested, want to see your homebrews, want to check out this game, yeah. where should I be directing them? Best place is probably collectorvision.com. Okay. Uh, and we're also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, ColectorVision. Awesome. Uh, you can find us there. Uh, we'll have updates on, on the new City Hunter game that we're working on. Uh, but thank you so much for your time. No, thank you. This has been a pleasure, yeah, and I'm course. definitely going to look into it, man. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. All right, so guys, we raffled off a Nintendo, and uh, really pleased with who it went to. What did you say? He's a professional gamer. He used to be a point? professional gamer. I guess he's got a couple uh, world records with um, the company that does. Yes, that. that's right. Yeah, so it's amazing that uh, someone like that got it because they'll truly appreciate it. Yeah, you know, yeah. it'll, it'll get a lot of miles. Too. Yeah, he was. So I'm excited for that. But we realized after we got all of our stuff in the car. We didn't wrap up the episode. So what, how, would you, how would you guys say this uh, day turned out? Success. Better than expected, yeah. yeah it was definitely Much better. For a Comics Con being at a gaming convention, I mean, it went swimmingly. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't imagine it going better. We got some cool toys. Yes. 
um, Mike, that we you've heard at the top of this episode, also walked away with some of our paychecks. That's okay because we got cool <laughs> toys in return. He'll get some more later on. I mean, a lot of really yeah. awesome people. I mean, a lot of really just, yes. That's the big takeaway, the people we met today, yeah. the contacts, for sure. And I, I guess that's the point. We weren't at this thing to make money, were we? We were here to nope. make contacts, grease wheels. I think we did just that. Yes. Exactly. Mission successful. So I think that's going to do it for the coverage here at Core Gaming Con. So, Jack. What have we on the website? Go to CandyAirPodcast.com where you see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on our social media, uh, become a patron, buy some merch, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. Don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandyAirPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. And if you like what we're doing, head over to Patreon.com forward slash CandyAirPod where you can donate $5 a month and get access to the monthly Patreon pod. Randy's leaning in like he has something to say. If you're uh, listening to us on uh, Apple Podcasts or hit us up on facebook send us a message you know tell yeah. us what we're doing good what we're not we'll read it yeah. online absolutely I for, thank you i forgot all about that randy and check out our other show what if at whatifpod.com another show where we offer twists on reality every week talk for about 45 minutes on like say what if the world had discovered a genie's lamp or what if human beings could fly or what if uh, we could control the weather those kind of topics we talk about and then explore for about 45 minutes so just search candare productions in your podcast player of choice and uh, both of our shows should pop up there. So uh, anything else, gentlemen, before we wrap up here? In the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> the airplane's I'm, coming, so we better wrap it up quick. I never thought we'd record an episode in the parking lot, but here we are. <laughs> here we are. All it's right. time for everything. So next time we'll be back in the studio. And until then, I'm Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Randy Hardenbrook. Thanks for nerding out with us, everyone. a stray dog, especially one that's foaming at the mouth. Get away from the animal as quickly as you can and tell a grown-up. And knowing is half the battle. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains. We'll discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting, and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.